Good morning. If you open your Bibles to James chapter 3. For our guests, we are teaching through the epistle of James, and you can hear the, the message that you missed. Um, just go on our website, cornerstonelynchburg.com, and you can hear the messages. Last Sunday, we asked a question, we ended with a question, can a Christian's tongue be tamed? Uh, we laid a foundation for it, and, and we didn't quite answer it, but um, we said we'll do it this Sunday. Let's review seven verses in James, starting with verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set on, is set among our members as that which defiles the whole body, and it sets on fire the course of our life, and is set on fire by hell. Verse 7. For every species of beasts and birds and reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives, or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. Who can set our tongue free from setting on fire the course of our life? Who can stop our tongue from being set on fire by hell? Thanks be God through our Lord Jesus Christ who gives us the victory. The title of the message today is Thanks Be to God Through Jesus Christ, Our Lord. He gives us the victory, doesn't he? He gives us the victory. Let's turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 14. Verse 13 through 18. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. The King James will say, comforter. That he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a while, the, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live and 
you will live also. Verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. In John chapter 16, verse 13 through 15, it says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. And he will speak, he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall take of mine and shall disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said, he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. You know, as we read these verses, it tells us that the Holy Spirit is active in our lives. The Holy Spirit is our guide. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's a spirit of truth. And he's a spirit of grace. Now, the Holy Spirit will help us because Jesus said that he will send another helper or another comforter, you might read in the King James. And that is not another of a different kind. This is another of the same kind because he is God. And he's going to do that for us. He's going to do that. Now, when he speaks, he's going to speak that which he hears. When Jesus spoke, he spoke only that which he heard. The Father will say. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Now, when he speaks now, and God speaks, the Spirit speaks, the Father speaks, they're going to be speaking, and you need to know how they speak. Let's take prophecies as concerned. You know, we have a prophetic team, and, and uh, I think they met this past Sunday. I mean, this past, uh, yesterday morning, I think, of a Belize Fellowship. Well, uh, when, when someone stands up and, and they may give a, a prophetic word or when someone speaks over your prophetic word, like when some of the prophets come or whatever, you know, they're going to speak words of encouragement to you. They're going to be speaking words of edification. They're going to be speaking uh, words of comfort to you. That's how they speak. In, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, 3, it says, But one who prophesies speaks to men edification and exaltation. Uh, exhortation and consolation or comfort. That's how he speaks. So he's trying to let us know that he expects us to do the same thing. So yes, our tongues can be tamed. No, our tongues cannot be tamed by man. But our tongues can be tamed by God. He can tame our tongues. And we we know that God, we're speaking of God, the Holy Spirit, God, uh, Jesus Christ, God, you know, uh, the Father. So we have three persons in one. So we know it can be tamed by God. Well, um, what must we do in order for this tongue to be tamed? What must we do? Because obviously, obviously, we know, everyone knows, that this tongue doesn't say everything that God says. Am I correct? And so therefore we know that, was it, God, I know you're expecting us to do something. What is it that we are to do? Well, I'm going to give you about eight things that you can do. And, and um, 
of course, there, there are more things, of course, and there, you can boil it down to one or two things, whichever one you want to do. But I'm going to tell you eight things that you can do today, that you can uh, participate or uh, be a partner with the Holy Spirit, because that's what we want to do, isn't it? We want to uh, be a partner with the Holy Spirit. We want him to bring about uh, God's will for our life. You know, when it speaks of a comforter uh, coming, when, when God is a comforter, when Jesus Christ said, uh, I want to send you another comforter, he's saying already that I am a comforter. You see? Uh, it tells us also in Scripture that uh, we have an advocate uh, with the Father if we should sin. Now, this particular advocate, this particular comforter is not the same word used in the same way. See, Jesus is ever interceding on our behalf. He's, a, he's a, uh, uh, like an advocate for us with the Father. But when it speaks of the comforter, the Holy Spirit uh, coming on our behalf, he's speaking of really uh, the Holy Spirit coming to us on God's behalf. Not, us, not to God on, on our behalf, but to us on, on behalf of God. In other words, he's saying, look, this is what God is saying. This is what I'm trying to get you to do. Will you participate with me? I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to lead you into all truth. I'm trying to guide you into a spiritual world which you can't see. I'm trying to bring you into conformity with the image of Jesus Christ. I'm trying to help you. Will you yield? How can the tongue be tamed? Number one, we must know what to say. We must know what to say. Jesus knew what to say, didn't he? When Jesus walked the earth, he knew exactly what to say. What did he say? What the Father said, didn't he? What I hear, you know, I speak. The words I speak, they're not my own, but the Father who sent me. We're supposed to be saying the same thing. You know, what I speak are not my words. They're the words that the Holy Spirit given me to speak because he's telling me those things that I already know from what Jesus told me. He's reminding me to speak these words. Let's look at Matthew chapter 4 and let's see it in operation here. This is an account where Jesus is about ready to go into his, his ministry here. And Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he became hungry. Verse 3. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. Well, Jesus could have said, Look, you worm, get behind me. I don't want nothing to do with you. I'll smack the tongue out of your mouth. You know, he could have said something like that. You know, that's how we talk, you know. When we get mad at people, somebody, you know, is evil trying to get us to do something we don't want to do, we'll say something, anything, you know. But what did Jesus speak? The word of God. The word of God. Where did this word come from? Was this in, in one of the epistles or something, you know? Or this Old Testament? It has to be Old Testament. Right? Because that's all he had, you know, the Old Testament. 
So he says, it is written. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Then the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on a pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, for he will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You know, the devil tells people that today, you know. Uh, you know, your life is, is worthless. Nobody likes you. Everything is going wrong. It is not well with your soul. And so, therefore, why don't you just run yourself off a cliff? Why don't you just, you know, shoot yourself? Why don't you just jump out in front of a Mack truck, you know, and end it all? Then you'll be happy. You know. Anybody ever committed suicide in, 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 in the world today? And if you look at statistics, it's happening every day, somewhere in the world. Somebody's committing suicide. The devil is still doing the same thing. But what should we be saying? Oh, no, 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 no. On, on the other hand, I know you're trying to quote the word. No, Judas went and hung, hung himself. I'm not a fool. That was not the context of which he said that. On the other hand, he says, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And we could say, look, my life is not my own. I've given my life to Jesus Christ. So if I give my life to Jesus Christ, I don't have a life. It's not mine to take. I've been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So you talk to him. We have to learn to speak what the word says, because that's what Jesus says. How are we going to speak what he says if we don't read it, if we don't meditate on it, if we don't memorize it? Do you, do you think Jesus said, oh, wait, wait, devil, oh, go, go get me the strolls. I, I got to, I got to look up. I got to, I know it somewhere. I need a concordance. Do you, do you, hey, devil, do you have a concordance? Let me look up. I know, I know a word in there. I know bread somewhere. It's talking about bread. Let me look in the concordance and see how many times bread used. Maybe I can find this thing, you know? No, he knew the word of God. But see, sometimes what we do, we don't quite remember. We know it somewhere. We know it says something. We don't quite know what he said. We must know what God says. And we, got, we must hide in our heart. We must get this thing in us in order to be able to quote it, like I said last week, when we're on the expressway. It doesn't matter. You know? When you're in a crowd, it doesn't matter. When you're being tempted, it doesn't matter. You know, about where you are, you have the word in you. And you can speak it out. So this first thing, we must be able to say what Jesus said. That's what Jesus said. He said what the Father told him. Right there on the word of God. We must pray. That's another thing. We must pray. Now, now we are praying because we need, we need the ability to yield. You know, sometimes we know, I don't think it's anybody in here that doesn't know that you're not supposed to say certain things. You, you know that you're supposed to speak uh, nice words. You know that what the scripture says, that 
If it, you know, even if you don't know what the scripture says, you know what your grandmama told you. If you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. Everybody know that, right? But see, the problem is that we don't yield to that prompt by the Holy Spirit to do it. So we, gotta, we must pray, God, give me the ability to yield when that prompting comes. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this brother, sister, and Lord. I don't want to talk about, you know, my, my, my mate. I don't want, I don't want to say mean things. I don't want to raise my voice. God, give me ability to bridle this tongue. Psalm 139, verse 23, 24 says, Search me, O God. And know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way, the King James say, but uh, New American Standard say, a hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In other words, search me, God. I don't, you know, I don't want what's in my heart to come out through this mouth. So God, search me and know what's in there and lead me in the way everlasting. That's what he's telling them today. Because, see, we know out of the abundance of the heart, finish it for me, the mouth speaks. And so, therefore, we know that what's in our mind, our will, our emotions, what's there, uh, it, it gets in our thought life. We're thinking things. And then after we think things, we say things. And what we want to do is kill it at the thought level. And it won't ever come out of the mouth level. Number three, we must practice yielding. Everything we think and say to the Holy Spirit. Everything we think and say, we must yield. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 12, let's look there. Verse 47, it says, And if anyone hears my saying and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me does not receive my sayings, has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what would judge him at the last day. Now, that's, that's kind of sobering, isn't it? The word that he has spoken would judge us on the last day. So that means that, you know, we need to be obedient to what this word says because this word is actually going to judge us. We have to know it and we have to pray and ask God to, to yield, help us to yield to it. God help me to yield my thoughts to it. I got to practice this thing yielding God. I got to practice this thing yielding. Well, how does this thing go? You already said that, you know, you have to, you have to pray for the year. Just because you pray doesn't mean that you don't have any more temptations whatsoever. No thoughts ever come of bad words. Nothing ever comes out of your mind because you prayed. Prayer is the start of things. Prayer will get you, you know, to what you prayed, if you're praying according to his will, which we ask you to do that, it'll get you right in the throne room. He says, okay, Holy Spirit, he's asking. 
I want you to do it for him. Do it for him. Well, the Holy Spirit then is going to be trying to do that. So here we are. We get upset. And when we get upset, uh, we are tempted, you know, we are tempted to, to say something that's, that's cynical or, or, you know, just wrong, just, just harsh to a person. And the Holy Spirit said, don't say that. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. And we blurt it out. How many of you have been there before with me? Okay. Well, okay. What we have to do then is say, okay, God, I blew it. First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. God, I blew it. Forgive me. I, you know, I, 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 I heard the prompt. I mean, I heard it in my spirit. I know you're trying to tell me. And I was so, I was so irritated. I was so mad. God, you know, you understand, you understand, Holy Spirit. No, I don't understand, you know. But I'm going to give you another chance. Okay, I'm going to give you another chance. How many chances has he given us? Chance after chance after chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. It doesn't stop, does it? Okay. But we must practice yielding. And in order to yield, it's going to take some faith. In order to yield, it's going to take some strength. In order to yield, it's going to take some humility. Do you hear me saying that now? See, you're going to have to believe that God will take care of you in that situation. God will order things. You don't have to order things with your tongue. Do you hear what I'm saying? God will order things. So you have to have faith. You're going to have to have strength. It takes strength. I'm telling you, people, it takes strength to keep your mouth Clothes when you're irritated. It takes strength. Especially if it's, you know, somewhere where you feel comfortable and where you're familiar and where you won't lose your job. You know. We're very able to do it when we're going to lose our job. But when it's come to our mate, our children, you know, the cat, you know, the dog, we need to practice on the, on the cast, don't we? Yeah. My wife got, yeah, she didn't get mad, but she just told me, uh, why are you hollering at the cat? <laughs> you know, you, you, you're being aggressive towards the cat, you know? You don't want the cat to be aggressive towards the other cat. You get it. That's what he has to learn that he's not supposed to bully Chloe. Okay. I'm speaking of bear. The bear is a bully, but he wants to he wants to bully Chloe, and so you know I had to let him know, you know, what I think. <laughs> but she's right. I should practice on bear. Now bear. <laughs> now bear. Do you understand bear? You're not supposed to bully Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> I should just keep my mouth closed and just shoot him with water. That's what I, that's what, that's what, that's what, that's what Brandon told me to do, shoot him with water. 
and a squirt gun. I squirt him, he flies. You know. Can can you think that'll help if I practice with on a cat? The more you practice, the better you're gonna be. Okay? The more you practice. It says in Matthew chapter twelve, verse thirty six. And I say unto you that every careless word that men shall speak, they shall render account for it on the day of judgment. Whoa. That's not too good, is it? We'll come back to that in a minute. Matthew twelve thirty four. He was talking to the, to the Pharisees. O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. If, if, if we are, are good, because we have him within us who's good, out of his mouth supposed to be coming good things, because it's supposed to be in our heart. But we have to ask God to purify our heart. Matthew twelve thirty six says, in the King James now, I read in the numeric standard, um, the, the, um, the revised standard before, but this it says, but I say to you that every idle word, every idle word, that's the same as the callous word, you remember? Same as the callous word. Callous and idle means the same thing. Now what it's talking about is being unprofitable. 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 It's useless. It's worthless. When we say something that's not God's word to people, or our children, or our mates, or, you know, whoever, our neighbor, do you realize that there's a, there's a useless, worthless word when we say something that's not God's word? In other words, we're not exhorting, we're not encouraging, we're not speaking life over them. What we're speaking, you know, is just idle, useless words that's not accomplishing anything in the spirit realm towards the kingdom of God. It's doing a lot of hurt to us because it's going to our account, because we're going to judge, be judged by every idle word. Right? Number four. We must constantly put good treasure in our storehouse. We must constantly put good treasure in our storehouse. Because I didn't read the other part of the, the, the scripture where it says that, you know, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, he brings forth good things. We must be putting good things in. And number five is we need to keep the bad things out. So it's a, how do I keep good things in and keep the bad things out? Yeah. Well, a lot of times it's... it's, it's you can, you can determine who you're around a lot of times. At, at workplace, you can. But, in, you know, in a workplace, you just have to ask God for grace to help you to uh, not let this stuff lodge in your heart that these people are, are saying. Because in the workplace, people use profanity. They do a lot of things to each other. Or to just, they just use it. They, I mean, it's just a part of their vocabulary, you know. But we can... We can not pay to go see it, pay to go hear. You know, a lot of times we, we, we do that. You know, they they don't, they don't they don't even make 
too many movies that there's not profanity in it. Do you know that? Especially if it's PG-13. That, you know, some of the G-rated, they, they probably do. All the Christian movies, they don't have cursing in it. So you have to you have to put good stuff in if you're gonna expect good stuff to come out. Because what you're around a lot of times is what you tend to do. We must practice speaking what we want to come to pass over people. That's number six. We must speak what we want to come to pass. People tend to respond to positive, positive things that you speak about them. They really do. You need to do what God does. He called those things that be not, finish it from it. We need to practice that. We need to practice that. And I'm talking to myself because uh, I need to practice on a cat, you know. And, and, you know, and and, and who else? I need to practice speaking those things and not speaking bad things. In other words, I don't want to speak those things that I I, I see already exist. There's no need to speak that. That already exists. I want to be like like Christ, like a father. I want to speak those things that be not as though they were. So how does it work? Well, how do you want your children to be? You know? Oh, you little devil, you know? He's just a he's just a little little devil, you know. Do you want that to come to pass? You know, you need to be speaking over your children, you know. You forget everything. Well, you're just as dumb, you know. It's not good, you know. Not good. Don't we say a lot of things of our children that we shouldn't say? Those who have children. And we speak a lot of things into, into the air over people that we shouldn't speak either. <laughs> you know, when, when, uh, when they said don't speak against the king, even in, in, your, uh, in your bedchamber, because a little girl uh, uh, take what you say and take it back to the king. It'll get back to him. You don't want to speak bad things over people, you know, because we already know that they might be lacking in our area, but there's no need for you to run them down in your house. Because if you run them down in your house, it, that already exists, what you're saying about them, you know? Boy, they're always late. I can't tell Man, he said, man, they're always late. They're never late, never on time, always late. Boy, they're a greeter. Man, we invited them over, boy, they, they ate everything, you know? Yeah. We say a lot of things that we shouldn't say about people, relatives, or whatever, you know. Um, what we need to be saying is what we want to come to pass. Let's look at it in Romans chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you. In the sight of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead, and calls into being that which does not exist. When God spoke over Abraham, 
Was it already in existence? Was he already the father of many nations? No. He said, a father of many nations have I made you. And he, he, he took him out of his tent and told him, look up in the star. How many, how many stars do you see? If you can count the stars, you'll be able to count your descendants. Can't count them. He was speaking those things that be not as though they were. God did that in the beginning, didn't he? What existed in the beginning? Was the people running around in the beginning? God had said, let us make man in our own image, didn't he? Was there already uh, earth and, a, and, a, and a, uh, heavens and all that? Or did he separate the waters from the water to make the dry land? Did he say light be and light was? He spoke things into existence. Whatever we see came from that which does not exist or did not exist at one time. God is a God that speaks life where there's death. God is a God that speaks, uh, uh, you know, future things when they're not in existence now. And, you know, people, people did that in the Bible. You know, when, when, you, when you think of Jacob, when he spoke over his, his sons, it wasn't in existence at that time. He just spoke over them, each one of his sons. He said what was going to take pass in their lives. How many fathers are doing that to your children? You, you lay hands on them, you're speaking life into them. You're speaking that they're going to be this and they're going to be that, you know? The good this and that. Or we're saying what the, the teachers say, what the school systems say, what they, you know, how they're acting. Do, do we repeat how they're acting? We know how they're acting. We don't need to repeat that, you know? If they on, if, even if they were on drugs or whatever, we don't need to repeat that, you know. He's a drug addict, you know, man. He's a, okay. You better speak life. You better speak those things that be not as though they were. That's what God did. You got to speak faith in the people. <laughs> I like to do that uh, with, with people, uh, especially like the men that I work with. I like to speak life into them. I like, to, I like to speak future into them. You know, give them a, a goal. Give them an expectation. That's why uh, I have the prophetic prophet coming in uh, sometimes is that to speak over the people. What is he going to speak? He's going to speak life. He's going to speak encouragement. He's going to exhort. You know? He's going to comfort. He speaks and that's what we want over our life. It gives direction, too. He gives direction. Because he'll tell you a little something to let you know he, he knows what he's talking about. He'll, t- he'll tell you something that you already know exists. Then he'll start speaking stuff into your life. That goes a long ways, speaking into your life. I had a young lady call me. Um, and is she in here? Joy? Is Joy in here? Yeah, come on up. I had a... Um, a lady called me and said, hey, I got a, a praise report, friendly message. Oh, you do. 
to the, to the congregation about it. Two weeks ago, we were here for church, and pastor spoke on the tongue is like a match. And he spoke about how Jesus cursed the fig tree, and it wilted, even though that was in the spiritual, that that happened and not actually with the natural tongue. And so I realized I tend to be a positive person anyway, but how much more positive could I be? How much more life could I be speaking into my children and to my husband? And so I really, I just took that. And Thursday of that week, I think it was the first time um, we had this dance class at the dance studio. I had to open a new class, and I have another teacher teaching it for me. She came to me, and she's like, Olivia has already started. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, oh, she's just out there being defiant, and she doesn't want to do what she's supposed to do, and she's not listening to her mom, and... I I had to leave that studio room and go to the other one to teach my next class. And so as I walked out the door, who is sitting right there in the hallway, standing actually, looking up at me, Olivia. And I said, Olivia, how are you? She looked up at me. And I said, you know what I heard? I heard that you are going to be an amazing listener today. You're probably going to even be the best listener of the whole class. Miss Allison is your teacher, and you're going to just do everything that she tells you to do. You're going to do it the right way, and just right away, just like she's doing it. Is that right? Is that true? She looked up at me, and she said, yeah! <laughs> and her mom, sitting right behind her, laughed at that. So I didn't have any more time really to talk, so I went and taught my other class. And when Allison was done teaching that class, she came to me, and she said... Olivia was amazing. She listened. She even understood what I was saying because I asked her at one point of vocabulary, and she did it. She knew exactly what it was supposed to be. So she's all knocking on wood, and I'm all praising Jesus. <laughs> so then this next week, which Pastor doesn't know yet, but this next Thursday, it was kind of like a test. So one week it worked really well. And I went up to her again this next week, and I said, Olivia, I heard you were really, really good last week. Can you do that again this week? Are you going to be a really good listener? Yes. And so Allison came to me at the end of class again, and she said, Olivia is like a different person. Praise God. Let's give God a hand. Do you think God's word is true? Or do you think that, you know... Well, you know, you, you stand up, you, you're telling us all this stuff, and this, it, it might sound good, but it doesn't work, you know. I'm going to call it just like I see it. <laughs> you're going to get what you see, too, you know. You better call those things that be not as though they were, because it works. It works. People want to hear good things about themselves, you know. And even if they don't want to hear it, even if they tell you, no. I'm not going to be good. I'm going to be terrible, you know. You just speak it anyway because what you're doing, you're speaking into the spirit realm. And if my Bible is true and yours, then that means that we have authority to speak into the spirit realm. And it will come to pass. You just keep speaking it, you see. Even though uh, God spoke that, Sarah still laughed, you know, 
Abraham still didn't know, you know, well, well, how is this going to happen? I mean, you know, I don't know how this stuff is going to happen, you know. It doesn't matter. It's just speak it, speak it, speak it, and you'll find out that, man, it changes things. Speaking changes things. And that's what God wants us as a church to know, universal church. He wants us to know that your words matter. Just speak things into existence that I have already spoken because I, am I correct in that we are fearfully and wonderfully made? Am I right in that we were created by God? Am I right that God doesn't create any junk? Everything he created, he said, it is good. Is that correct? God is an an encourager. He says uh, that, you know, his plans he has for us, they're good plans, the prosperous, to do us good, not harm. So then, why should I be speaking something different? Next to the last will be wrestle in prayer until your nature is changed. Now, I put that one there because, see, a lot of times we have been so negative for so long. It's a habit, you know. Some people are positive people, you know, like Elder Sam, he's a, he's a positive person, you know. Um, you know, if he sees manure, he thinks there's a pony somewhere around, you know. <laughs> you know, some people are just positive people, you know. They're just positive people, you know? But some of us are not that way. And, and we, we, we see something negative in everything, you know. If we're that way, we need to wrestle with God in prayer, and have him to change our, 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 our nature. Now, has it been done before? Sure. Who did it in the Old Testament? Huh? Look at it in G- Genesis chapter 32. Verse 24 through 28 says, And Jacob left, was left alone. This is after, you know, he was going to meet his brother. And everything he sent his wives and all everything over, and and uh, he stayed there alone. And a man wrestled with him until daybreak, and when he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh. So the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated, while he wrestled with him. Then he said, "Let me go, for the dawn is breaking." But he said, "I will not let you go." Unless you bless me. Now, Jacob, of course, the name Jacob, uh, what does the word Jacob mean? It means, you know, uh, supplanter, you know, uh, trickster, somebody who uh, supersedes somebody else uh, illegally, illegally. And Laban did that to him. So he, he's used to that environment. But he said, I don't want to be this way no more, you know. This got me in trouble with my brother to start with, and I don't want him to kill me. See? So, hey, change me, Lord. Change me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Now, every time you said the word Jacob, back then, he knew what Jacob meant. So he'd be careful what your name and kids tell. 
and says here that your name will no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with man and have prevailed. So we need to do that. We need to strive with God in prevailing prayer and ask him to change our nature. How many of you are are similar to where I am? You know, sometimes, you know, you don't see the positive. You see sometimes uh, the negative in things, and you call it discernment, you know, uh, which, you know, there is discernment, and there's discernment of spirits, but a lot of times we're just suspicious, you know. We're not discerning anything. We're just suspicious, you know. We're just critical. And God has to break that critical spirit of ours. So we have to go to God with that. And the last one is our top priority must be to glorify God in everything that we do and say. That's what our, our desire is. And if we want to glorify God, then we're going we're gonna to pray. We're going to learn the word. We're going to do those things that is necessary to do that. Can you say amen to that? Now, you, do you think it's, it's, it's serious with God? You know, the words we speak? Do you think we need help? Absolutely, we need help. You know? Well, that closes that section um, on James that deal with the tongue, and we want to close, and we'll go to the next section um, next week, and we'll continue. We have um, the latter part of chapter 3, and then chapter 4 and chapter 5 to go, and we'll be through with James. And I want to review sometime also with James so you know how to use James. Because James is a book that, you know, you, you need to go to and, uh, when, when, when people come to you and say, look, you know, I'm having, I'm having difficulties. I'm having difficulties. You know, uh, who, uh, who, what advice can you give me? Automatically comes to you, you know, um, that what, what James said in chapter 1. You say, count it all joy when you're falling in, you know, various temptations, you know. Knowing that trying to your faith, work of patience. Let patience have its perfect work. It should be in time one or nothing. So, you know, you, you have to learn, the, you know, what we're talking about in, in James so you can use it. Like, just like a tool, you can use it. Because God not only wants to help us, but he wants us to be able to help somebody else also. And that's the point of, of learning, going through a book. Not to just to go through a book, but to learn that book and learn how to use that book to, to help us and to help others. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you, Father, that it will not return void, but it shall accomplish that which you please, and it shall prosper into the thing which you sent it. Father, we're asking you, Father, to help us with our tongues, Lord. We're asking you, Lord, to help us to yield, Lord. Even though we try to yield sometimes, we still don't yield. Father, when we walk out of this place, this day, or when we close this service, we don't even have to walk out of the place because we're going to talk while we're in the place. Father, we're going to control our thoughts. We're going to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, which is the word of God. We're going to do that, Lord. And we're going to speak those things that be not as though they were. We're going to speak encouragement to people. We're going to exhort people. We're going to 
comfort people because that's what you do to us, Lord. We're going to learn, Father, how to just let you take control by your Holy Spirit of this small member of our body. That you're going to, with our help, work it into shape, Lord. This is going to be a mighty weapon that's going to do damage to the kingdom of darkness. Because we're going to be speaking life to people. We're going to be speaking uh, uh, situation to situations. And we're going to tell situations to leave in the name of Jesus. And because we've been practicing yielding our tongues, Lord, you're going to give us more and more anointing that what we say will come to pass. Like you told one of the, the, uh, the prophets, or you said, whatever he spoke came to pass. Not one word fell to the ground. God, that's what we want, to be able to speak to situations on. If there's anyone here that hasn't given your life to Jesus Christ, now is the time to do that because you can't expect to speak life if you're not in life. If you want to just stay, give your life to Jesus Christ. If you raise your hand and put it back down, we'll love to pray for you. Is anyone here like that today? What a prayer team come up. We want to start that prayer because we said we need to pray to yield. We need to pray to yield. We want you to start prayer even today. Start praying. Start asking people to pray with you, to help you before you even leave. Help me. Pray with me. Agree with me that I'm going to stop using my tongue to say bad things. I'm going to stop being harsh with people. I'm going to stop being irritable and cynical with people. I'm going to stop using profanity. I'm going to use the words of Jesus Christ. Let's stand.